0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which is 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. For those of you that do not know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, welcoming you to this call. There's a panel of us that do these calls, and they're to help support your TR90 ninety efforts. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an application called SoundCloud or whatever podcast service you use to get your podcast by putting in Frank F R A N K Lomus L O M A S and either T R ninety or Solutions, the Digit4, anti-aging, all pushed together. Um, either one of those could get them to pop up and they're now archived back more than eleven years. As I said, I was thrilled to have you along with us. We have, um, and if you are listening to this and it's a podcast and you would like to catch us live, if you dial in to 712-775-8972 and when it prompts for the code, excuse me, put in 910022, you can join us live and we would be uh, thrilled to have you along with us. With that being said, that tier 90 program when you're first starting out is your good clean lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein, and at least three of those meals. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal if it's possible. If it's not, do take them with your meals. Still work, not quite as effective as it would be and efficient as it would be if you could take them beforehand. With that being said, um, 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week as part of this lifestyle change that you're doing. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables. That gives you macronutrients, micronutrients, and fiber. Guys should be getting about 45 grams of fiber for good digestive health. And ladies, we need about 32 grams of fiber for our digestive health. So that is something more to keep in mind along with the sleep which should be between seven and nine hours of sleep, uh, nightly. When your body goes to sleep, it does a whole bunch of what I like to call system resets that actually help set you up for being really um, on top of your program and in a good mindset to make good decisions going forward. And planning and consistency seems to be the key with this. Drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated or fluid, depending on um, what your choice is. Plain water is best, but you could be drinking tea. You could be drinking other fluids. They do count towards your overall total. You should be getting about one ounce of fluid for every two pounds that you weigh. If you're in a humid area or if you're exercising heavily, you'll need to increase that significantly to offset what you're losing in body moisture. And with that being said, today I am sharing some information that helps support that Tier 90 lifestyle with um, going into some of the science behind why our program is set up the way it is. It's out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, And disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And um, he actually happened to be, for many years, a research doctor um, at St. Jude's Children's Hospital, but um, still is really hooked into the science community for um, some of the really detailed background stuff. And this book really goes in depth to that. So we're going into the science of stress today. The stress response is a cascade of adaptive responses that originate in the central nervous system. When an individual perceives stress, anything from a plane crash to a calculus test, the body interprets and processes the threat in an area of the brain called the amygdala. From there, the amygdala switches on two other systems. First, like a game of telephone, the amygdala tells the hypothalamus, which tells the pituitary, which tells the adrenal gland to release cortisol. In an acute situation, cortisol feeds back on the hypothalamus to stop further secretion and its effects would be short-term and limited. I escaped the lion, ah, sweet relief. Time for a nap. This is the negative feedback loop that should protect the brain and the body from prolonged the detrimental cortisol exposure. The second, the amygdala activates the sympathetic nervous system, or the SNS. Raising the heart rate, both cortisol and SNS raise blood sugar and blood pressure to prepare the individual for meeting and adapting to the stress. These systems should shut off after the stress has passed. However, either chronic stress or heightened responses to stress due to ineffective coping strategies will unleash a long-term cortisol cascade in these prolonged stressful situations. The cortisol is unregulated. Why doesn't the cortisol feed back in the state of chronic stress to control its own release? This is one of the biggest questions in science today. Apparently, the amygdala's ability to perceive the cortisol signal becomes reduced in response to the excess cortisol supply. Chronic exposure suppresses the negative feedback of cortisol on the brain. How and why this happens is still unknown. Whatever the mechanism, it's a vicious cycle. Stress breeds more cortisol, which in turn breeds more stress. Stressed is dessert spelled backwards. Well, we all know this one. Over several years, prolonged cortisol leads to excessive food intake, and not just any food. Human research shows that cortisol specifically increases caloric intake of comfort foods, those with a high energy density or high fat and sugar content. Your spouse is late and the kids won't stop whining. Break out the Ben and Jerry's. What predisposes certain people to stress-induced eating? For one thing, it's not the stress itself. It's the response to the stress. Stress, like art, is in the eye of the beholder. The level of stress can have varying effects on different people. The perception of chronic stress causes increased caloric intake of comfort foods, but only among those with high cortisol reactivity. People who are stress eaters exhibit significant increases in insulin, weight, and cortisol at night. Normally, the time for cortisol to be very low during excuse me, a stressful period. My colleague, Elisa Eppel, at the University of California, San Francisco, showed that those subjects who generated the greatest amount of cortisol in response to a psychological stressor also consume the greatest amount of high-fat, sugary food. Stress also has been postulated to play a role in metabolic syndrome in childhood, a time when eating patterns and fat cells are being programmed. Stress may affect food intake in several ways. One outcome of stress is reduced sleep, which is both a contributor to and consequence of obesity. We're all getting less sleep than we used to, especially children, um, Janie included, which I mentioned at the top of um, Thursday morning. BMI increases over time among short sleepers, and just because you sleep less doesn't mean you're filling your waking hours with exercise. At the biochemical level, acute sleep loss is associated with elevations in markers of the sympathetic or systematic inflammation and signs of metabolic syndrome. Sleep deprivation has been shown to increase cortisol and reduce leptin, and in doing so, mimic starvation and hunger. At the brain level, sleep deprivation increases the hunger hormone ghrelin, which increases the value each of us puts on food and also activates the reward system, making you eat even more chocolate cake. Conversely, poor sleep is common among obese individuals. This is in part because of the high BMI and is a strong predictor of obstructive sleep apnea which due to retention of carbon dioxide appears to make obesity even worse. And if you are somebody who snores, I would highly recommend getting a sleep study done. And they usually they have several different things, but one of which is getting a CPAP so that you can sleep at night. Um, that was something my husband actually struggled with and is common in his family. The role of stress and cortisol... And eating extends from psychologic to pathologic and from overeating to undereating. When I was a pediatric resident working 36 hours out of 48 hours, our group was divided into two cohorts, those who hit the cafeteria and those who lived on coffee. I tried the coffee, but my hands shook too much when I was threading catheters into umbilical arteries on premature infants, so I turned to food. I gained 45 pounds during residency. By the way, this is Dr. Lesting saying this. And I haven't taken them off yet. A monkey model that drives cortisol up is called the variable foraging demand model, which is the animal equivalent to food insecurity. In this model, monkeys have access to food in one of three ways. One, ad lib in which the food is available all the time. Two, at every meal, the animal has to work to find the food that has been hidden in a maze of tubes. Or number three, a random combination of the two called variable foraging. Despite the fact that animals in the second group have to work at finding their food. Their body, weights, and cortisol levels are similar to those of the ad-lib monkeys who know what they have to do to attain their next meal. However, for the third group, the variable foragers, the uncertainty of the food, the availability drives up their cortisol levels, and they become markedly obese. Stress and cortisol also promote faster addiction to various drugs of abuse and likely food as well. Experiments in animals emphasize that stress or cortisol administration, particularly uncontrolled stress, increases the likelihood of abusing drugs such as cocaine. Another way to drive up cortisol in monkeys is by placing them in a group housing thereby exposing them to societal hierarchy. Invariably, one animal will rise in the social order to become the alpha male or the leader in cage. <coughs> this animal is akin to an all-powerful CEO and will have the lowest cortisol levels.
1: <coughs>
0: Excuse me, I'm going to get a sip of water here. or a little more just to kind of clear things out. The cortisol levels of the subordinates will be higher, (coughs) and when all the monkeys are then provided access (coughs) to cocaine for self-administration, while the alpha male doesn't get hooked, the subordinates become addicts, and this can also happen with food. Thus, the stress and reward systems are linked, making food addiction among those who eat to manage their stress a fait accompli. And I think I will stop there for today, and tomorrow we'll pick up with cortisol and insulin. And if you're struggling with cortisol, or we've got two products out of New Skin that, in the nutritional lines that will help, one of which is CortiMax that you can take after exercise or a couple of times throughout the day. The other one is um, Cortitrol, both of which I have found to be very helpful in the past, and if you're exercising heavily and you want fast recovery, the CortiMax really is um something you can take before and after exercise that will really help reduce the um, muscle aches and help the healing process and building the new muscles, because you... You want those muscles built, which is part of the reason why we do the 30 grams of protein and um, eating well and the exercise, because that all helps to build the muscles. And the bigger muscles you build in, like, your thighs, since that's where the majority of our muscles are, that actually helps to burn the fat and sets up the cycle to go in a positive way. With that being said, if you scoot over to Facebook One Team Global Live at the top of the hour, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business and um, where new skin is heading since we've now reached the 40 year mark in um, being in business, over 40 years, I believe, uh, of being in business. With that being said, this is Susan Mann for December 26th. Happy Boxing Day. December 26, 2022, signing out. And I welcome any thoughts or comments you may have. (coughs) As soon as I take us off mute, I welcome them. (coughs) And I want to put a special thank you in for both Brian and Frank, because without them we would not have all the technology and the technical wizardry we've got. They are our silent heroes, as I like to say. Have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. (coughs) Oh, goodness. I got something raining down the back of my throat that's not making me happy.
2: (laughs) Are you okay now?
1: (laughs)
0: Oh, yes. I've
2: gotten about – I got three gulps of water, and that's good, so – Good. Um, I wanted to ask you
0: about the overdrive, because that's what I use. Um, the overdrive uh, uh, overdrive works, too, because that actually helps with the muscle healing. But the Cordymax and the um, Cortitrol both work on cortisol. So if somebody's really struggling with that cortisol, then they really need to make sure that they get that... Um, in the, into their system to kind of mitigate the cortisol effect that seems to be happening in their bodies. But that, okay. you know, everybody every, everybody's a little bit different, and the overdrive, that is fabulous for healing up those achy muscles. So
1: right. definitely
0: do that. You can do the flex cream right. and drive it in with your, okay. with your galvanic body spot as well. And you can also take Arnica, which will help heal any bruising that you may have. So there's, there's a few more and little
2: nuggets the, of information. Um, ice Dancer is also something you can use that makes your, you know, yeah. It does, and I found
0: out that, I just found out recently that that is great. If you have restless leg syndrome, you can use that on your legs to, um, help mitigate that. The other thing you can do is put a bar of soap underneath the fitted sheet in your bed.
2: And yes, um, that exactly. will down,
0: down by the down by the foot of the bed and that will help us out. Well, and I don't know why that works, but it's one of those things it does. So, there it is.
1: <laughs>
2: there I am. I'm a wealth of information after hours. <laughs> Well, thanks about the uh, thanks about the ice dancer, but the soap does work because I had it, and it worked. Well, and for
0: years and years and years, well, more than 20 years now, I think, I've actually put a bar of soap down by the foot of my bed, not thinking, well, you know, if I've got it, then this will prevent it, and it's not going to hurt anything if it's there. So, you know, that's... That's something that I've done just kind of once I found out about it, it was like, oh, well, that's a simple solution and it's sort of homeopathic because it's not going to affect anything else. So there we are. But the ice dancer I just found out from another friend of mine that says, oh, yeah, restless legs syndrome, her husband suffers from it and the ice dancer really works for that. So it's like, Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know that. I just like how it feels on my legs. (laughs) Especially if my legs are tired and achy. (laughs) And thank you for the lovely um, Merry Christmas um, text you sent. I get your text. I know if I respond, you don't get them back, but I just wanted to verbally thank you. Well, I hope you had a I hope you had a good, oh, a good Good rest of the holiday. Things have kind of gone wonky on me, but that's okay. you know. I'm used to wonky, and it's it this was supposed to be my quiet week, and it's being a little bit busier because while well, one pet hasn canceled, the other one's extending, and since Poppy or her dad can't fly to the East Coast just yet, I'm um, actually getting to spend a little extra time with Poppy, which I spent a couple hours yesterday, so that little darling is just growing like a weed and talking up the storm, and she's in the middle of potty training, and I'm so excited for her.
2: Oh, that's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we, when I get her up from a nap, I immediately put her on the toilet, and it's, yesterday we had poop in the toilet. I'm going, oh, good for you.
2: (laughs) So, she's, it's she got the match she she all of a sudden started taking off
0: her pants and her under, her diapers, so it's like, okay, so obviously we're at this point, and this is what we're doing, and we've been into it for about a week now, and it's about a fifty fifty whether she does it in the diaper or if she actually makes it onto the potty chair or the the seat on the toilet in time, but you know. Got to start someplace. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you have a good rest of your holiday with your family. and Well, we um, just finished.
2: Actually, it was so nice to have the last night of Hanukkah and Christmas on the same day. And I had a little Hanukkah candle lighting here with my Hayden and my daughter and my son-in-law and the dogs. And it was great. And uh, so now I'll take down all the decorations until next year. But I always love it when Hanukkah and Christmas coincide. It makes me feel good. Well, you know, and this is a, and like Eid starts
0: for our Muslim friends. So, and Kwanzaa starts, I think Kwanzaa is actually either starting today or tomorrow. So, If you celebrate either of those holidays, my friends, you know, blessings on you because that's a couple more festivals of light that happen in other traditions. So with that being said, I'm going to let everybody go. Facebook's already started, and I wish you a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.
2: Thank you. Same to you.